0: What is up, P7 fam? Seth Boyd here. I hope you're having an incredible week so far. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of our P7 podcast. Whenever we drop a P7 podcast, I get excited. And here's what you can count on. It's, it's going to be encouraging, it's going to be equipping, and we hope to have a great time in the process. So grab a pencil, grab a pen, or open up those notes sections uh, of your phone because you're going to want to write a few things down. Let's go get it.
1: God, I thank you so much for this call tonight. I thank you for every person who's joined on, Lord, across your, across this continent. God, I pray, God, that we'd be impacted by the words we hear tonight. God, and it would inspire, it would equip, it would encourage maybe someone who's trying to maybe even considering giving up. And God, we would be on fire for you this upcoming school year. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Um, Amen. I know some of us have already started our P7 clubs, which is great. Our guest speaker tonight is Brother William Spriggs. He is no stranger to P7, but God has used him in in mighty ways in this ministry of P7. Um, He inspires me. Um, His passion for souls and passions for for people um, is amazing. And so he's here tonight. I I don't want to spoil too much of of who he is, because maybe he'll get into it tonight more. But let me tell you, he's seen God do some powerful things. A P7 club he launched in his senior year of high school grew to over 200 students coming out to hear about Jesus Christ. And the only reason why I mentioned that, I always say this, it's not about how many people are there. However, that many people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ in one setting, let me tell you, that shakes the whole world. So that is so powerful. And so he's an expert in P7. So I encourage you tonight, after he's done speaking, if you've got any questions, Don't waste your time and ask him. Brother Spriggs, my friend, the floor is yours.
2: Thank you, bro. Thank you. It is, it's absolutely such a blessing to be here with you guys. This is, I said this, I'm thankful uh, Brother Amani just said uh, there's nobody from Ontario on here because I don't want them to hear some some repeats, but I I just got to say this and I want us to all get in the same mindset here. When we talk about P7, when we talk about your high schools, your middle schools, your elementary schools, your home schools, your private schools, whatever you're doing right now, this is not just about impacting a few people, all right? Now, yes, we wanna reach those and we wanna reach the few, but the Lord has called you all to be world changers, all right? I I need you to understand that what you do on your school campus, is going to impact not only the school, but the community surrounding the school. It's gonna impact not only the community surrounding the schools, but the city and the state, and it'll spread outwards just like that. I, I shared this testimony before on another call, but my senior year of high school, I met brother Amani because I-, I believe you DM'd me, I think it was how it was. He heard about Old No P7 and DM'd me, I was like, bro, Can I ask you a question? Can we just talk? Can we get together? Can we connect? Can we just help one another? Can we talk? Can we learn from one another? We started saying all these things. Amani's in Ontario. I'm in, I'm in Maryland. That that's, you got to get a passport to get to brother Amani. All right. You got to get a passport to get over there. So we're not just talking about your school. We're talking about world changers. You guys have the potential, the power in you to change and impact your world, all right? I want us to get on the same mindset. I want you guys just in your, you don't need to unmute, but I want you just to say it in your head, say it out loud, I don't care, but just get it down in your mind. You are a world changer. And that is exactly how God wants to use you all. I believe that the Lord has a very specific word for the P7s in this generation. I believe that there's a very specific Blueprint that the Lord has given me to share with you guys to unlock your P7s, take it to the next level, take it to the next dimension, to, to unlock your school, to unlock the community around your school. The Lord wants it to be a normal thing where miracles are happening on this camp, on the school campus. The Lord wants it to be a normal thing when people are getting the Holy Ghost, not just in your church, but on the street, in the hallways, in the classroom, during the P7 Club over the phone, over a Zoom call. This this needs to be a normal thing. The Lord is ex- it wants it to get to this normalcy where it's not unexpected. It's not a surprise when, when people start getting the Holy Ghost, when people start getting up out of wheelchairs and people have broken bones that are ma- miraculously healed. That's a normal thing that the Lord wants to begin to do. And I believe that the Lord has given the blueprint for that. So before I say this, I, want, I just want you to understand that this works. Th- this is a direct word from God, and it works. I know it works because I think I see her on here. Uh, Timmy, uh, Timmy, t- oh, man, I always forget how to say your full name. I call her Timmy. She goes to Glen Burnie High School right now. We just launched the first P7 at Glen Burnie High School this past Friday. We had 50 kids in attendance for the very first launch. Now, numbers, I know that numbers isn't the big thing. Numbers isn't the only thing that matters, but you have to understand we're coming back from COVID. This is the first launch of this P7 club. 50 students came. We actually had to send people away from the classroom because there was too many people coming and we were too packed. We had people lining the walls of the classroom because they wanted to come hear about God. There is another club that meets at Glen Burnie High School that had to reschedule their club meetings from Friday to Wednesdays because all of, their stu- all of their club members wanted to come hear about God, wanted to come hear about the power of God, what God can do. You see, the enemy wants to get in our minds that, that P7 is not fun, that P7 is not cool, that, that, that the Bible is not cool, that nobody's going to want to hear about God. Nobody cares about God. But can I tell you that a club had to reschedule their meeting. This is a popular club. This is a a very well-known club. They had to reschedule their meeting because so many people wanted to hear about God. So when you get onto your campus, when you get onto your high school campus, you need to understand that what you have, people want and people need, all right? People want it and people need it. Now I'm gonna tell you, these are the keys. The Lord showed this to me. These are the two keys on how to unlock your P7 club. You have to get bold and you have got to get burdened. And you may say, that's it? That's it. You have got to get bold and you've got to get burdened because the enemy is going to attack you in two ways. All right? There's two ways the enemy is going to attack you. The way number one, intimidation. When you get on your school grounds and you get off the bus or if you walk to school, when you finally make it to the school grounds, anybody ever feel like, man, I just feel like it's hard for me to talk right now. I feel like it's even just hard for me to breathe. I feel like it's hard for me to just be myself. And God will drop in your mind. Why don't you just tell that person about God? Tell your friend about God. And you feel like, I, I want to tell him about God, but I just can't. That's the spirit of intimidation that the enemy is going to use to try to shut your mouth. But you see, if you can get bold, the spirit of intimidation loses all of its power because boldness is what will combat the spirit of intimidation. So let me give you some examples of this. I went to downtown Annapolis. Uh, I was in downtown Annapolis last year, and I'm standing there, and and I believe the Lord sent me there on the streets. And I believe that he said that people were going to start getting the Holy Ghost. People were going to start getting saved. Okay. I believe that he said that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And I'm walking and walking. And I feel like I can't even speak. I feel like I couldn't pray. I feel like I could barely breathe. And I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm in downtown Annapolis. And the Lord tells me stand up in the middle of this little seating, sitting area. And I want you to scream at the top of your lungs. Hello, my name is William Spriggs. If you want to be prayed for, if you need a miracle, I'll be standing right over here. You can come talk to me. I felt like the Lord said to do that. And I, when I say I literally couldn't, I was sitting there for 15 minutes on the bench rocking back and forth. And, oh, man, God, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, Lord, I just don't know if I can do it. And finally, I just decided to get up there. But you got to understand, these are things that are going through my mind. I felt like I was going to, somebody was just going to get up and punch me in the face. I don't know why. This is a thought that's going through my mind. I'm like, man, somebody's going to punch me in the face when I get up and say this somebody's going to call the cops on me somebody's going to spit at me all these different things and finally i was like you know what whatever i'm going to do it and i get up and i just got bold and i yelled excuse me everybody can i have your attention my name is william spriggs i'm going to be right over here if you need a miracle if you need the lord to do something in your life please come over and talk to me and i'll be happy to pray for you and i walked away and i sat down and can I tell you, I sat there for probably 20 minutes and not a single person came and, and walked over to me and said they needed a miracle or said they need to be prayed for. Nobody came to me. Nobody. And you may say, well, that was a failure. Absolutely not. Because what happened was for me, it was this freedom that came about where the spirit of intimidation couldn't touch me again. It, when I'm, this is what you have to understand. When you get on your high school, the spirit of intimidation is weak. So it's going to come and it's going to try to attack you. It's going to try to shut your mouth. It's going to tell you, don't do this. Don't do that because it's weak. But if you get bold in your high school, I feel the Holy Ghost in here already. If you get bold in your high school and you see somebody and the Lord says, just go over there and tell them God loves you. And you may say, well, that's not very bold. Well, it might, it might be bold for the introvert. It it, it might not. But if you're an extrovert, God may say, stand up in the middle of the cafeteria and scream. I have a P7 club that meets on Fridays. Come check it out. That when you get bold just one time in your school, what begins to happen is the atmosphere begins to open up. What begins to happen is that spirit of intimidation gets blown away. And when you do that, all the things that you've been believing for, all the things you've been praying for will begin coming to you. Can I tell you that after I stood up in the middle of downtown Annapolis and screamed that, The very next time I went to downtown Annapolis, we prayed somebody through the Holy Ghost. The very next time I went to downtown Annapolis, somebody uh, had a cane and couldn't walk very well, the Lord healed them and they didn't need their cane anymore. Can I tell you the next time I went to downtown Annapolis, another person was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. Can I tell you the next time I went down there, this person had a cast on their wrist and they had really bad carpal tunnel and couldn't afford the surgery. And I said, be healed in Jesus name. And he took the brace off and he started moving his wrist around and shaking it around. Can I tell you the next time I went to downtown Annapolis, another person was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that by the end of this, I'm talking about in the matter of two months, We saw six people filled with the Holy Ghost and we saw five people that were miraculously healed or touched by Jesus. You say, well, you were bold and nobody came to you right away. It's not about the right away. I was bold and the atmosphere opened up for the miraculous. The atmosphere opened up for the spirit of God to pour down on you. And you say, well, well, that's cool but that's downtown Annapolis. That's outside. You don't know about the school. You don't know about this. You don't know about, let me take you back to high school then. When I was in my senior year of high school, the Lord said, quit basketball, give up scholarships. give up your future college opportunities, give it all up and pursue me, start a Bible study club. I said, man, Lord, I don't know if I could do that, but you said to, so I'll do it. Immediately the spirit of intimidation. This is a funny thing. When it was for the world, when it was just going to talk, tell my friends, come check me out on basketball, come look at my huddle, come check out my highlights, come do this, do that, do this, do that. I felt no intimidation. But the minute I tried to do the exact same thing, but for God, this oh my goodness, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't speak. But I decided, you know, I'm going to do it. So I started walking through my hallway. And I just started telling every single person I could about P7. And I couldn't breathe at first, but I decided I got to do it. I just got to be bold. And so what I started doing was I just would yell in the hallway really quickly. Everybody, I got P7 this Friday. You don't want to miss it. We have Chick-fil-A. And I'd be quiet and keep walking. And man, the liberty that just started coming over me. People would say, I don't want to come to that Bible study. That's boring. And I said, why is it boring? I got bold. I got bold. Why is it boring? Why don't you want to hear about God? Why that? Why this? And I just started getting bold. And when I tell you the spirit of intimidation just left, The spirit of intimidation just had to get out of there. And what began to happen was the miraculous, the doors for the miraculous began to open up. The doors for people getting the Holy Ghost began to open up. The doors for hundreds of kids to come and hear about God, those doors began to open up. I'm talking about gang members coming in there and talking and learning about God. I'm talking about people that hated one another, sitting next to each other and fellowshipping and hearing about God. That's what happens when you get bold. When you get bold, the spirit of intimidation has to leave. Once the spirit of intimidation has to leave and you walk in liberty in your school, oh, that's the doors are open. You have to open up your mind, open up your imagination to what God can do. The last thing I'll say on this subject, and we're going to shift gears, when you finally just decide, you know what, I got to get bold. It doesn't matter about your intellectual level. It doesn't matter about your ability. It doesn't matter about your talent. I can hear people thinking right now, Will, you seem like the type that had a lot of friends before you started P7. So, of course, it was easy for you to transition to P7. Well, Will, you probably did that. You probably did. No, forget all that. I don't care about personality types. I don't care if you're a one, two, three, four, red, blue, orange, green. I don't care about any of the, the enneagrams or anything like that, because when it comes down to it, it's about obedience, obey the word of God and you'll begin to see things happen. And that's it. That's all there is to it. The Lord told me preach on miracles in your P seven club It was my senior year of high school. And I was like, okay, I'll preach on miracles. So I I, I taught on miracles. Okay. And I started telling like, Lord, can do anything you ask it, he'll do it. Bob, you know, and you know, it was cool. It was powerful. Until somebody got up and walked over to me and said, I want a miracle. Now it got tight. That intimidation started creeping in. Well, you don't know how to pray for a miracle. Well, you've never done that before. If only your youth pastor was here. If only your pastor was here, they could do the miracle. But, Will, sorry, that's not you. You haven't reached that level of Christianity. You haven't reached that level yet. You haven't this. You haven't that. And you know what? We prayed for the, I, I, I believed it for a second, but I was like, you know what, whatever, he's here. So I went to the administration and said, my friend here wants a miracle. Can I pray for him? And he said, yeah, I'm, yeah, sure. Go pray for him. I'm like, oh. he said, yes, great. Now I have to follow through. I'm being honest here. I have to follow through. And the intimidation is just crushing me right now. Every step I take, it was like, he's not going to get healed that miracle is not going to happen. This isn't real. What you hear about all this stuff is just crushing me. And I decided to pray for him. And it was an ugly prayer, if I could say that. It wasn't the, the in Jesus' name, I command healing and I command this to happen and this in Jesus' name. Ha ha hey, ha! It wasn't that. It wasn't. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't. It was literally, Lord, um, I pray, um, Lord, that um, you would heal um, uh, my, my friend's hand uh, the, the, the nerves and the, the cells and everything just touch his hand in Jesus name. And I looked down and his hand begins to open up and open up and open up. He, his hand was stuck like this for a year. And the Lord began to just open it up just like this because intimidation tried to silence me and feel like the miracle wouldn't happen. But I just said, I gotta get bold and pray for this guy. And so I got bold and a miracle happened. And then another miracle happened. Somebody had no chance of going to college, but he wanted to go to California to go to a D1 school. And he had a one point something GPA. He had no hope to go to that college. And I said, you know what, Lord, miracles can happen. I don't care about what intimidation says. Miracles are gonna happen if I call on your name. You said anything anything I ask in your name, it will happen. So I said, Lord, open the door for him to go to college. Can I tell you, he went to California playing football at a D1 school. The Lord miraculously turned things around where he had no hope and brought and made hope Can I tell you, if you can get bold in your school, the spirit of intimidation has no power. When you can get bold on your school, the spirit of intimidation can't stop the P7 club. When you get bold, you'll start to see that all these other clubs, the LGBTQ clubs aren't popular. They have no power. God has the power. The the sports clubs, they have no power. God has the power. The popular kids, they have no power. God has the power. When you get bold, things will start to happen. When you get bold, things will start to happen. I feel God in this place. I can see. I feel people right now beginning to see uh, ways they can be bold. I I can feel right now people are getting ideas in their mind of I can be bold this way. I could do this and be bold. I can feel it right now in the Holy Ghost. If you get bold, you will start seeing things like you've never seen before. If you get bold, a 200-person P7 club will be nothing. I'm talking about having school assembly meetings about God, where you're standing in front of everybody, preaching to them, praying for them. Praying, the atmosphere of your school will change. I'm talking about. I believe that people will begin to pray for their principals, and they'll be filled with the Holy Ghost on the school campus. I'm talking about praying for your teachers. I'm talking about miracles happening on the way to your next class. I'm not talking about just going through the motions. I'm talking about, we have to expand our mind. We have to understand that God wants to do the miraculous. We just got to get bold. We got to get bold. And the next thing we got to do is we got to get burdened. And you say, Will, I I am burdened. I am, Will, I am. I'm burdened. I promise I'm burdened. I'm starting a P7, aren't I? But this is the problem is that the next thing, if you can get bold and intimidation leaves, what does the enemy do next? The enemy has to send distraction your way. The enemy has to see, well, they're bold, so intimidation is not going to work. But if I can turn their eyes just a little bit and, and, and get their focus off of off of where they're supposed to be, I got them. And I'm not talking about the pretty girl or the cute guy walks up to you. I'm not talking about the obvious distractions. I'm talking about the subtle distraction. What about that distraction of, well, I don't know if I can give my all the P7 right now because I got a lot of projects and homework to do. I don't know if I can do these Bible studies because I kind of have some other responsibilities and I'm just really, really, really busy. And, you know, you tell your youth pastor, I really want to do this, but I just distraction. Distraction, but when you get burdened, when you decide and understand, there are people going to hell in your high school, and it's not up to your youth pastor. It's not up to your pastor. It's not up to the the, the most popular kid in your church, the most anointed kid. It's not up to Brother Seth Boyd. It's not up to Brother Armani Nangoma. It's not up to me. It's not. It's up to you. God has called you to your school. God has called you to those souls. He's called you to impact them. And if I keep my mouth shut, who is going, if not you, then who? If I keep my mouth shut, you got to receive the burden. This is, there are souls where their eternity is way, is resting on you. You say, well, brother, brother Will, that's kind of heavy. I thought this was, this was zooming with the fam. I thought that this was supposed to be fun and I'm sorry, but there it's too much at stake. We have to get the burden because when we get the burden, a school project, Oh, I'll I'll find time for the school project, but it's not going to take the time of my P seven club. I'll find time to do that report. I'll find time to write that essay, but that person needs a miracle. I'll find time to do these other things, but I will not sacrifice the soul's, for all these other things, you see distractions going to come. Can I tell you that I don't know what happened when I started my P7, but I must have become and I'm going to be honest with you, I must have become the most good looking person on the planet. Can, can I be honest with you guys? Come on, I, I'm being honest with y'all. I must have become, I don't even, I must have become the, the most handsome man ever because girls started coming out of the woodworks. Ch- distraction. Listen to me, distraction. P7 started going and blowing and miracles are happening and this is happening. And I was getting bold on my campus. And next thing you know, I have people waving at me in the hallway. I have people, hey, uh, you're that P7 guy. No, no, don't talk to me. There's too much of a burden for for me to get distracted with you. Next thing you know, for some reason, it seemed like all of my teachers wanted to assign double the homework, even though they didn't. But it just seemed like in my mind, they started doubling the homework. So now I have less time to prepare for Bible study. I have less, less time to pray. I have less time to teach Bibles. I have less time to do outreach. All these things started happening when nothing really changed. The enemy just wanted to shift my perspective. If he can get your focus on all the, all the work you have, all the busyness you have, all of this and all of that, he can shift your focus from what's really at stake, soul's. So when I tell you we have to get burdened and we have to get bold, you got to get bold to combat the intimidation, but you got to get burdened to keep you, keep you focused from the distractions, keep you away from the distractions. Now, watch this. This is, so, this is so powerful. The Lord showed this to me. If you are bold with no burden, listen, if you are bold with no burden, you have public dominion with no private relationship. Your P7 can't thrive. If you are bold without the burden, you can do all the miracles. You can do the, you can have the biggest P7, but you're no better than Saul. Saul had all this power, had all this authority, but David had the anointing. Saul had, Saul was the king. But while Saul had all this stuff, who had, who had Samuel dumping anointing oil on their head? David. So Saul had the the public figure, he had all this, but he had no burden. Because when you don't have burden, you don't have commitment. When you don't have commitment, it's really easy to get distracted. So if you have boldness and you can do all these bold things, but you don't have a burden, you have just public dominion with no private dominion. You have no private relationship with God. But can I tell you, if you just have all this burden in the world, but you can't be bold, you can't be obedient, you are no better than Moses at the beginning of the story where where he's at the burning bush. And Jesus is doing all these miracles with him. He's throwing the rod down. It's turned into a snake. He's putting his hand in and out of his coat and it's leprous and then it's healed. He's doing all these miracles in his private life. But it, when it was time to step in front of Pharaoh, who did the miracles? Aaron. We cannot get so focused on boldness that we, we just forfeit the burden. But we can't get so focused on the burden that we forfeit the boldness. We have to find this blend of when boldness meets burden so that we can have a public and private lifestyle of dominion where we can get like David. David practiced. He killed the lion. He killed the bear. He perfected his craft. He had private dominion. But when it was time to step in front of Goliath, he had public dominion as well. He said, i got the burden. I know who my God is. I've been practicing in my private life. I've been developing these skills in my private life, but it's not just for my private life. Can I tell you, you can spend all the time in the world that you want in your private life saying, Lord, touch my school, touch my school, pray for, Lord, I pray that the Holy Ghost will fall in my school. I pray that this would happen in my school. You can spend all your private life doing that. But when you step foot on your campus, And the Lord says, pray for that person. And you don't, then what happens? What happens then? All the prayer, all the things that you spoke into existence in your private life, they don't come to fruition in the public life. Don't get caught up in, well, I pray all the time. That's good. That is amazing. And you have to have that relationship because without it, you're nothing. You have to have that commitment because without it, you're nothing. But can I tell you that if you do all of that and when you get onto your school campus, you don't open your mouth and speak, you don't get bold, what, then what are we doing? We got to open our mouth. So can I tell you that you are powerful? Can I tell you that the Lord is ready to blow the roof off of your high school, your middle school, the private school you're at. If you're homeschooled, the Lord is ready to blow the roof off of your community. I'm telling you right now, we get so caught up in what we can't do. We forget what God can do. We're not even supposed to be doing stuff. God's doing it through us. So can I tell you, the Lord is going to bring opportunities for the miraculous in your school in front of you next week. I'm telling you this right now in the Holy Ghost. You are gonna walk on to your school or this week, it's Monday. So this week, the Lord is going to bring these opportunities right in front of you. And this is what it's going this is what's gonna have to happen. You're gonna have to check yourself and say, Am I can I be bold? Do I have the burden? that won't allow me to walk past this need? Do I have the burden that won't allow me to just shrivel up and curl up and walk past these lost souls? The Lord's gonna bring it to you. But can I tell you, if you will get bold and obedient in your school, the miracles will start happening. God's gonna bring it in front of you. I'm telling you this right now. And the Lord is going to do, he's gonna shock you with what he wants to do through you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. I, I pray that somebody's receiving this right now. You, The Lord is going to shock you with what he will do through you on your campus. But can I tell you, we have got to get out of this mindset of thinking about all the things we can't do. Watch this. I love this example so much. I need two people to, I'm, uh, I need one introvert and one extrovert to turn their camera on. One introvert, one extrovert. All right uh christian are you an introvert or extrovert 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 all right do we have an introvert anywhere i need an introvert now this is the difficulty all right noah are you an introvert yeah you okay yeah it's always a tricky part getting the introvert to uh, turn the camera on that shows their introvert itself so. watch this all right christian noah are you ready for this are you ready all right we got one extrovert we got one introvert christian noah I need you to do something for me. I need you to raise your hand. Raise your hand in the air. Put it in front of the camera so I can see your hand. All right. Put your hand down. All right. Now, I want you to raise your other hand. All right. Now, put it down. Okay. Now, the next thing I want you to do, I just want you to just smile for the camera. That's it. Just smile for the camera. All right. You're done. You don't have to smile anymore. Beautiful smiles, you guys. All right. Awesome. Now, can I show you something? Watch this. Christian's extrovert. Noah's an introvert. Now, by nature, as an introvert, we automatically will count ourselves out for some things that we can't do. I can't do that type of thing because I'm an introvert. And then as an extrovert, it's like, well, he's supposed to be able to do that. He's an extrovert. Or he, he can't do this, though, because he's an extrovert. But can I tell you something that is so powerful? Watch this. The only thing that matters is the thing that it doesn't matter if you're introvert or extrovert because you guys both have the exact same ability to obey. Oh man, it went over somebody's head. You have to understand this. Christian, extrovert. Noah, introvert. You have different abilities, different skill sets, but the same exact ability to obey. Can I tell you that God doesn't care about your introvertedness, your extrovertedness, all God cares about is, can you obey my word? Because if you can obey his word, God does the rest. You're a conduit. A conduit does nothing but be a vessel for the power to flow through. So can I tell you that the miracles aren't for the extroverts? Can I tell you that the discipleship isn't for the introvert? We say, well, I'm an introvert, so I'm naturally good at discipling. And I'm an extrovert, so I'm naturally good at the the miraculous and the miracles. I don't want to hear that I can you obey if you can obey that's all God needs so in as Noah the introvert God can use you for a miracle if you'll obey when he says to do something and Christian if God says disciple that person and you say well I'm too extroverted to focus on one person's disciple I got to get out into the crowd I don't care if you can obey God will do it you have the same exact ability to obey. And can I tell you something really quick? And this is the most powerful thing and I'm getting ready to end. But can I tell you, we're gonna open up for questions, but the most important thing is your ability to obey. God couldn't care less about your results. Because let me ask you this, Christian, you have the ability to, to give someone the Holy Ghost
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: No, you don't have the ability to give someone the Holy Ghost.
1: You can pray for them.
2: Yeah. Uh huh. You don't you can pray for them. You can't give it to them. though. Who gives it to them? God. Let me ask you this. Matthew Sanchez. Do you have the ability to heal a broken bone? No, you don't have the ability to heal a broken bone. But let me ask you this. When God says pray for the person with the broken hand, do you have the ability to pray for them? Yes, sir. Thank you. God doesn't care about your results. He doesn't care if the hand is, is healed or not. He cares about, okay, is Matthew going to obey? He doesn't care, does your P7 club have a 1,000 people or five people? He cares about, is, are they going to speak to the person I tell them to speak to on that day? He doesn't care. If, P- if you invite 30 people that God tells you to invite to your P7 club and zero people show up? Can I tell you, you should be going home and rejoicing for a successful day because you were obedient. This is the problem. We literally shoot ourselves down when we don't see numbers, when we don't see results. I can't force anybody to a P7 club. I can't force anybody to get the Holy Ghost. I can't force anybody to do any of these things. God can. But what can I do? I can obey. When God says speak, I can speak. When God says don't speak, I cannot speak. When God says, "You see that kid sitting there by himself? Go sit with him," I can go sit with them, can't I? When the when we start looking at success or failure, we judge it completely wrong. Success is measured by your obedience, and that's why success has nothing to do with your personality type. Success has nothing to do with the, your talents. That's. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with your obedience. Success, listen to this. This is even even better. People think, well, Will, you just had that success because you quit basketball, but I don't have a sport that I'm really good at to quit. Last time I checked, I believe that success is not measured by sacrifice either. Because the last time I read the word, it says that obedience is greater than sacrifice. If I'm right, Brother Armani, you can correct me, but I believe the word does say that. So how about we just get rid of all these excuses? How about we get rid of this fear of failure? Because there's no real fear of failure if you understand that success is measured by obedience, not results. Launch your P7 club because results don't matter, obedience does. Pray for the next person you see because results don't matter, obedience does. Talk to the next person. Teach the next Bible study because results don't matter. Obedience does. Be bold for God because whether everybody comes to you and you're bold or nobody comes to you, it doesn't matter. Your obedience does. Go out there and change the atmosphere of your school because guess what? It's going to happen guaranteed if you are obedient. But when we start getting caught up in the out where we start getting caught up in all these different things, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. Can we lift our hands real quick? We're going to get in Q and A. Q&A. If you, I don't. You don't need to turn your camera on, but I need you to lift your hands right now. We have to receive this. This is the key to unlocking your school. This is the key to unlocking no more bondage, no more of this feeling burdened and and weighed down and unable to do anything in your school. This is the key. You need to lift up your hands right now and just say, Lord, I'm here. I want to be bold, Lord. I want to be obedient, God. I want to be burdened, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now, Lord, that there would be a boldness that would come upon these youth right now, Lord. I pray right now that there would be a burden, Lord, that they would decide that there's nothing in this world that's worth not obeying you. There's nothing in this world that is worth worth missing out on what you have for me. Lord, I pray right now that we would get rid of this fear of failure, Lord. I pray that you would free the minds of these youth right now that are so worried about the results, Lord. I pray that you would burden them with obedience, Lord, and no longer burden them with success or failure. I pray right now that we would just forget the results and focus on, can I obey? Lord, I pray we would get rid of all of the conditions, the stipulations that we've put on you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you would bring a miracle, an opportunity for a miracle in front of these students when they go to school tomorrow, when they go to school on Wednesday, when they go to school on Thursday and Friday. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just stop at the school, though. I pray that it would happen on the streets, Lord. I pray it would happen in the stores. I pray it would happen in the church building. I pray it would happen in the youth group. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now that we would receive this word, Lord, that, you, that we would allow ourselves to finally be free of all of the, bur- the burden and bondage that we place on ourselves, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, I seal this word right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Listen, you guys are powerful. You are so much more powerful than you even understand, than you even know. But you know who does know how powerful you are? The devil. And that's why he's attacking you guys so much. That's why he's burdening you guys with all of this this intimidation, fear, distraction, because he knows, man, if Noah, if Christian, if Matthew, if Lauren... If Cheyenne, if Timmy, if Jillian, if Destin, if they open their mouth, if they get a hold of how powerful they really are, I'm in trouble because I can't stop them. The devil cannot stop you. The only person that can stop you is you. And that's what the devil tries to do. He throws intimidation at you to get you to talk yourself out of the miracle that was getting ready to happen. He throws distraction at you. So that you can talk yourself out of the revival that wants to happen at your school. Out of the, the, the revi- out of the harvest. You know how many souls need God at your school? And you know who has that, that can tell them, that can show them, that can share that gospel with them? It's the 35 people that is on this call. It's the missionaries, the world changers that are in their school. That is who has the ability to allow God to flow through them and impact their entire school. And I'll end it right here, and then we'll do questions. Old Mill was known as one of the most violent schools. There was 10 fights a week. We had had a brawl right before P7 started. It was a 10 versus 10 gang fight in the middle of our school. Literally, we like, all had to stay in our classrooms. People, these kids brought knives and brought all sorts of stuff. They were trying to kill each other. Old Mill was known, 10 fights, low academic scores, all these different things. And can I tell you, when one person, one student, one young person decided, I can't shut my mouth anymore. I got to get bold. The burden is too great. I got to get burdened. I got to get committed to this and they decided to open up their mouth for the six months that the old male P seven was active. Can I tell you that there were zero fights when, when I tell you a few weeks before P seven started, there was a 10 on 10 gang fight. The members of that gang fight were sitting next to each other in the P seven club. So The next time you think about your P7 club, understand you're not just some kid that's going into their school and starting this cute little Bible study. You are a powerful child of God that is entering into the harvest field, ready to change the environment, change the atmosphere, change the spiritual feeling of that school. That is what you have the power and the ability, and the burden, the duty to do. In Jesus' name, I pray that that helps somebody. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was, it, this was absolutely awesome.
1: Wow. Wow. This is, let me tell you, this is, this is a powerful moment that's just happened tonight. I hope somebody has grabbed the hold of what God has spoken denied Through his servant, Brother William Springs, um, I believe I say this about um, others during other ministries, but P7. Honestly, we have someone whose heartbeat is Project 7, and, and I'm telling you, I'm telling. I know the testimonies were from a few years ago, from Old Mill when he was there, but I'm telling you um, that God wants to do the same thing with you in your high school and your middle school if somebody would just grab a hold of it would we'll grab a hold of it. Let's do some Q&A. I would highly recommend. This advice was once given to me by an individual. Uh, they said well, if, the, if you have the ability to ask somebody questions, you get an insight into another world um, because you get you know totally different experiences and life challenges that someone else got to have. So when you ask someone a question, you get some insight into another universe, literally. And so I would highly recommend, if you've got any questions regarding Project 7 or anything related to it that you have for Brother William Spriggs, type it in the chat, um, and uh, and, and, we will, and we will answer it. And he's going to answer us tonight. So any question regarding Project 7 or Bible studies, um, we'll answer it. Brother Will, why don't you to kick us off here? I'll ask the first question, and I know there'll be others that will come. Uh, what was your moment? You know, you talked about, you know, you can be bold without a burden. That is so powerful. How did you get a burden for P7? Maybe students who do not know, how did you get a burden for P7?
2: That's, that's a great question. There was, um, there was actually a couple of different moments for me. Um, I started P7, and I was the person that I'm telling you guys don't, do, don't be. I, I was bold. I decided to start getting bold, but I didn't have a burden yet. I just thought it was something that I needed to do um, because everybody was saying you need to do it. Um, there was no burden yet. It wasn't until literally, like genuinely, it wasn't until I sat down one day and the Lord said to me, do you understand? that there are 2,500 kids in your school. I said, okay, all right. How many, how many of them do you think have had a fair shot at knowing me the way that you know me? And I said, man, well, God, I, I don't really know. He said, not a lot. So how bad would it be if when you go before God, when you go before me, all those people don't get the same exact chance that you got. And I just started like weeping. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, oh my goodness, you're right. Like there are people in this school that have never even heard of you, God, that 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 may have had the worst experience with you. And I am what's, you put me here, God. And I, who, who do, how do I have the right to pick someone's eternity, to determine someone's eternity? And I saw this video and and this person described eternity and he said, get a sparrow and attach a little thimble, which is this really tiny thing you put over your thumb while you're sewing. Attach a thimble to the sparrow's foot. Have that sparrow scoop up a little bit of water from the earth, fly it to the farthest end of the galaxy and dump the water out. By time all the water on the earth is emptied onto the planet on the furthest side of the galaxy by that sparrow. That's one moment in eternity. And I said, oh my goodness, I don't have the right to, to, to not love these people. I don't have the right to just go through the motions. It's a fun thing to do. This is somebody, this is real for somebody. This is reality. This eternity. And, and it stuck that way. I started, just kept on thinking about their eternity. And I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And there was just this heaviness on me that said, i said i can't play around with somebody else's eternity because i wouldn't want somebody to play around with mine so that was kind of a moment with me
1: wow bro wow i think somebody should grasp that somebody should grasp that tonight you know with all our projects and all everything we do um and this is about people it's about people and, uh, and where they spend eternity, if that doesn't get you on your knees before God, then I, I don't know what will, but that's a passion. Wow, so powerful, so powerful. Here's someone, uh, it's a good question. We have a few questions that have come in here. It says, um, what is the best way to invite people to your P7? That's an outstanding question.
2: Love that question. I would, I, would, I would have Timmy unmute her microphone and, and give you that answer. So this is what I'd tell uh, the P7 leaders uh, under me. I'd tell them just like this, fun, food, Jesus. Remember those, fun, food, Jesus. And so I, I, I'd go about it just like this. Look, we're going to have a really awesome time at this club. We're going to play games. We're going to have so much fun. We're also going to have free food. Wouldn't you, you know, why would you not want to come just for the free food? And we're going to talk about such an awesome God, talk about miracles, some really cool things. And I'll think of one cool thing in the Bible, a perfect example. I like, this is what I'm using right now. I said, do you know that teleportation is in the Bible? they're like, huh? I'm like, come to the club. We'll talk more about it there. We'll learn about teleportation. Boom. End it. Just like that. And so fun, food, Jesus, fun, food, Jesus. Always remember that.
1: That's really good. That's really good. Here's um, another question. What would you suggest to do for the first meeting of the year? Bible study slash games or ice or breakers?
2: Awesome question. Uh, so we just, uh, I'll, I'll use Glen Burnie's P7 because we literally just did it Friday. Uh, so for, for Glen Bernie's P7, I like to do a good food for that one. So if you have to, like, get your parents to give you a little extra money for the food for that day of the club, I recommend it. So we did Chick-fil-A. We're not going to do Chick-fil-A every week. But this is the first meeting. I want people to be like, they have Chick-fil-A at their club? I get Chick-fil-A during school instead of my nasty school food? So we got Chick-fil-A. And then I always like to ask people, ask the people in my club, you know, are there any things that you want to know, want to learn in this club? Is there anything you want to figure out uh, and let them give me the answer? And then, yes, you want to have fun. That first meeting, you want it to be fun. You want them to be able to ask their questions. If they don't have any questions, uh, you can always do like a Q&A type of thing. And whoever gets this answer right gets Uh, an extra chicken mini from Chick-fil-A. Whoever, if you can answer this question, you can get this piece of candy or something like that. So have fun, do like a, I would do a good kind of food thing, but make sure that it's still focused on God. If you go in there and just do a bunch of games and stuff, you will lose the attention of everybody because they're going to come in all types of all over the place. Trust me, that isn't, that's from experience. Like I'm telling you, If you try to have too much fun, because sometimes we'll have too much fun out of fear that people are going to think our club isn't cool, that's wrong. Uh, All wrong. Wrong spirit, wrong motive. When you do that, their mind is so far off. And then you have to try to work to reel them back into God. So when you have fun, make it centered around God so it's real easy to keep everybody's focus but still get to where you're trying to go. Let me
1: add on to that. That's so good. Most people, when I was doing my P7 in my high school, I'll tell you this. You know, if they want to have fun, of course, to keep having fun in your P7 club. Please don't misinterpret anything I'm saying or will say. Have fun. Have the games. But let me tell you, they can also have fun at their other clubs in the school and at their lunch break with their friends and on the weekend. But I'm telling you, what you are afraid of, and sometimes I was afraid of, I'm like, oh, if it's too much Jesus-centered, maybe – I'm nervous that they won't. They're there for a reason. They're struggling with depression and they're struggling with anxiety, and the soccer team's not going to give it to them, and, and, and the play group's not going to give it to them, but they're there for a reason. So wanted to just echo that, bro. That's so good. Here's another question. It's a good one. Um, you talked a lot about hearing God in school to go pray for blank a person and go see what that person – but what kind of things do you need to pray to be able to hear God's voice in such a dark place? My God, that's a that's a sermon in itself. How do I hear God's voice Woo! in a dark place?
2: <laughs> you about to have me go start preaching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to get I'm going to get a, a short, concise answer in a couple of ways. All right. Quickly. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God you got to get into the word of God because a lot of times you'll start seeing things in the word and the Lord will bring it back up while you're walking through the, through the school, you know, through the hallways. All right. You, you got, you got to think about it that way. You, you got to get this word in you, get the word in you. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing cometh by the word of God. You got to get the word of God in you. Second of all, how, what do I pray to hear God's voice in such a dark, area such a dark atmosphere listen you gotta understand darkness is the absence of light darkness is not like a separate thing like it's not like darkness is fighting light darkness is just the absence of light so bring the light onto your campus get get connected before you even get on your bus to go to school you need to get i don't i'm not saying you to go to war in the morning and start doing warfare prayer and all sorts of this, you need to get at least in the flow of the spirit in the morning. Lord, I am opening myself up to you. I'm opening my ears to you. Let me hear what you want to say. Lord, let me see what you want me to see when I step foot on my campus. There's not some big formula to this. Okay. I promise. I know we, we sometimes overcomplicate this. There's not a big formula. Pray it and watch it happen. Lord, sp- when you speak, please let it be clear that you're speaking to speaking when I'm at school, he'll do it. Lord, let me see what you want me to see. And then you're going to look at somebody in your hallway and the thoughts going to hit your mind, depression. That means that God's telling you there's a spirit of depression on them. They're struggling with depression. You'll see somebody sitting by themselves at a table and you'll have this urge, man, Somebody should go sit with them. That's God telling you, go sit with them because they're lonely. You'll look at somebody and you may do a double take at them. So you might like this and then you might look back. That's God highlighting them to you. Okay. It's, it, I promise we like to make it complicated. It, it's not. I promise. Just go step out in faith. When you're walking through the hallways, you'll be surprised at how much God is talking to you all the time. We're just not tuned in. We're thinking about all the other things. So get tuned in at the beginning, the start of your day before you even step foot on campus, on the school, and then you'll just start hearing God. Sorry, next. I hope that answered your question.
1: This is good, bro. There's a couple administrative questions that we're going to go to to our, to our director, Brother Boyd, who's going to answer them. And then Brother Will will give you the last word to just give us All one right. last thing to speak to us tonight. But there's some great questions here, uh, administration stuff. And so, Brother Our director, Brother Seth Boyd, we're going to turn it over to him. So here's one question. I just saw a second one. and This is actually something that I'm trying in the process in our local youth group to work with as a student. But one is, um, how do we deal with mask mandates? And another one is, my school won't let me have a P7 club. What do I do? Brother Boyd?
0: Yeah, great question. You know what I hate wearing? These. I do not like wearing these. And I don't think there's a single person that's on this call right now that likes wearing a mask. Now, of course, we're going to have different opinions uh, about the you know, mask mandates, and I get it. There's going to be different people on both sides of this that say you should wear a mask all the time, even if you're in your car by yourself. Uh, there's people that say you should never wear a mask because it's going to do harm. Uh, this is not, we're not going to debate that. This is not a place that we're going to debate that. Um, but here's, here's the bottom line, the absolute bottom line. If your school mandates that everyone wears a mask, guess what? P7 clubs, we follow the rules. That's what we do. We are not going to be a divisive club that we're going to try to break the rules and we're going to try to prove a point And we're going to tell the school, no, we just live by faith. No, we're not doing that. If the school says everyone's got to wear a mask, everyone's got to wear a mask. As much as it's annoying and as much as we hate it, we follow the rules. Uh, the Bible dictates how we live our life, and the Bible tells us that we are submitted to those that God has put in authority over our lives. So whether that's your principal or your teacher, God allowed them to be there. And if the school has decided we're all wearing masks, we're all wearing masks. Um, I, I can't, there's no other way to say it. Um, there's no way I can say, oh, just live by faith and, and you know, disobey the school. I, I'm not going to say that. Um, now, so uh, as uncomfortable as that is, I know there's a lot of schools that are uh, right in my city in Appleton. There's the, the Appleton School District has mandated that all schools wear masks. Five minutes down the road in another school district, in the Kimberly School District, no one's wearing masks. So I get it. It's it's uh, there's not an easy solution because five minutes down the road they're doing it different. Um, but all we all we can do as disciples of Jesus is follow the rules where where God has allowed us to be. Is that is that fair, everyone? Don't shoot don't shoot the messenger. Is that is that fair? Um, we just follow the rules. That's all.
1: Yes, this is great. And another one, Brother Boyd, is what do I do if my school won't let me start my peace out and grow?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. When, when uh, It's a pretty broad question. And um, when, you, when someone says, my school won't let me start, uh, it's a little bit of a, you know inflammatory statement because I don't have all of the facts. And so initially, I want to say, oh, the school won't let you start. Let's, you know, let's, you know, everyone grab your pitchforks and, and, you know, go, go take on the school. Um, My what I've learned to start asking is, okay. have you what have you done to follow the school's process? Because in working with students over the last few years, I've learned that sometimes um, when the school, you know, the school could say. So let me give you an example. One school in my area, in order to start a, a club they have to fill out a five-page document. It's five-page document. It's crazy. But the school in another district five minutes you know, away from there, they don't, they don't make you fill out anything. They just say, what classroom you want to use sounds good. And so if you go to a school where it's a lot of, bit of, you know, it's a lot of work, um, it's easy to say, well, my school won't let me start it. That's not true. You just got to follow the rules. You just got to follow the process. And so if it's a, you just got to follow the process. Ah, uh, make sure that you're doing everything the school needs. Um, now, some schools are in a in a weird spot where they're not doing any student-run clubs, and that's up to the school. So, if the school says we're not allowing any any student-led clubs, that's the school's priority. Right. You can do that. However, if the school is allowing student-run chess clubs, student-run LGBTQ clubs, student-run uh, math club, student run. And then they say, well, you can't do your club because it's a Christian club. That's where it becomes a problem. And that's where you need to push back a little bit in a very genuine and kind way to say, can you help me understand? Um, so the Equal Access Act, for those that are, that are watching this that are in the United States, the Equal Access Act protects um, all clubs, all student run organizations to have the same equal access or the same rights as, as every, everyone else. So the school, if it's a publicly funded school, the school has to allow all clubs or no clubs. And so that's where, you know, if they're, if they're not allowing any clubs, and I've heard, that, I've heard it already this this school year, there's no clubs allowed. We can't really do anything about that. I, just, I uh, was DMing with a, a club uh, last week where their school didn't allow any clubs. And so guess what? They took their P7 club and they had it at the donut shop across the road. And so guess what? We still haven't P7. We're just doing it across the street. So, uh, that's another, uh, another option, you know, people thinking outside the box. So if you, you know, your school is putting a lot of barriers in there, they're not allowing you, guess what? You still can have P7. It may just not be traditional in the sense of having it at school. Um, and, and my, my, Preference and I would love every P7 club to be meeting on campus because that's where I think you would make the biggest difference. But if they're not allowing any clubs, you still can do P7. Just take it to a coffee shop or something else like that. Does that does that answer the question? Good. That is outstanding, bro.
1: That's outstanding. Thank you so much. That's. Uh, I hope someone took notes on that because this is good administrative stuff to know to note for us and uh, understand. only one thing
0: here. Uh, I got to uh, see here from David Martinez my principal said something about there can't be a religious organization club. That's not true. Um, David, if you're located in the United States and you attend a public public school, uh, that's not accurate. Now, if you're in, if you're in Canada, uh, it's a totally different ball game and I'll throw you, I'll throw you to Amani for that one. But David, if you attend a public school in the U S um, the equal access act allows all clubs when it comes to, um, just look on our website. We've got a lot of information right on there. But when it comes to like the separation of church and state, that has nothing to do with students. That applies to teachers. They're not, you know, you can't have teachers that are coming in and teaching, you know, apostolic doctrine in their math class. They want to protect against that. And I understand that. that's fair. Um, but there's no rule against you as a student teaching the word of God uh, during a club before or after school. So uh, I just wanted to respond to that as well.
1: That's good. That's good. I hope we understand that and know our rights. And of course, I don't think there's any Canadians here tonight, but if there are there's things here as well, I'm working currently, you know, there's because of COVID over here and the the restrictions, some kids haven't been able to have a club. I was just on a zoom meeting tonight today of students from high school gathering together after school. So as brother Boyd said excellently there, you know, yes, the method might change, but God will still move. Brother Will, Brother Will, and I see, there's other questions here that are here um, um, asking about rejection, um, Brother Will. So maybe you could answer that and as well give us one last word tonight. So I, how do I deal with rejection? Um, people coming, but how as well? Um, could you please? just give us the one last word for tonight as well. So before you do that, and then we'll hop off the call. But before you do that, again, a reminder, everybody, tag P7 Clubs. If something was impactful tonight to your Instagram story, let people in your youth group know. We're coming back next next month, October. I believe it's the 25th. It's going to be a Monday. Listen, we have an amazing P7 director, Brother Boyd. And this was his vision. and God is doing a powerful thing through these, and we have outstanding, not good, but outstanding guest speakers that we Get on, so please be with us next month, brother. Will the last word injection? Yeah.
2: An yes, absolutely. Um, just kind of getting back to that whole success versus failure type of thing. Um, as long as you're being obedient, the result. And I know that seems like such a simple answer, and it's like no, there has to be more than that. But if you're being obedient, whatever comes out of their mouth is between them and God. So the Bible talks about Paul. I think it was Paul that said it. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting the God in me. So you're not the one that's being rejected. They're rejecting God. You have to then just start praying for them. You got to give them to God. Lord, I pray that you would touch, you know, so-and-so. Uh, help them to have a new perspective about you. Help them to have an encounter with you that changes their, their perspective, that changes their heart, that changes their mind. Uh, the best thing you can do is not take it personally in the sense of getting into your feelings and feeling super discouraged and making yourself want to give up, you got to keep obeying God. There's going to be people that just don't want it and it's not okay, but we have to accept that and move, keep going, keep talking to more people, keep inviting more people. And you got to understand they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the God in you. Um, That's what you have to understand. Uh, I want to say, just, just to leave this with you all, is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, mm-hmm. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Then said I, and this is what Jeremiah is saying, He said, I, ah, Lord God, Behold I cannot speak for I am a child but the Lord said unto me say not that I am a child for for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee and whatsoever I command thee thou shalt speak be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee to deliver thee saith the Lord do not be afraid Of your school. Do not be afraid of speaking out. Do not be afraid of doing outreach. Do not be afraid of asking someone if they want to do a Bible study. Don't be afraid of any of those things because you have to understand the reason you're there is because God sent you there. God put you there. He ordained this from the start. You're at that school, you're homeschooled, you're in private school, you're in whatever school. Because God ordained it to be that way. And because of that, don't be afraid. Trust that the Lord is going to be with you. He says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Don't be afraid. Be bold, be burdened. God is with you, God is going to be doing these things through you. Don't be afraid. Just be bold and be burdened.
1: My Lord. I wish we could do this all night. Literally, this is powerful. Brother Spriggs, thank you for being sensitive to the spirit and speaking Absolutely. to us tonight. Guys, next month, God bless you. Before you end it, hey, am oh. I don't have any. real quick, uh, everybody that just asked about the
2: homeschooling, please, um, my Instagram is literally just my name, Will G. Spriggs. DM me on Instagram. I, I, I'm dealing with some homeschoolers right now. I, I would love to answer the questions about homeschooling. So please just message me. I would love to answer.
1: Right. And I see someone else said, who do we contact if we have any questions along the line? As well, P7 Club is the Instagram page. You DM them and they will respond. We'll respond as well. A lot. Of, I will say this. A lot of the answers are as well on P7 Club. There's a Q&A um, session there that you could where can i contact brother seth brother seth where can they contact you bro the, someone's asking for you bro p7 clubs dm exactly just you message the p7 clubs page and he will respond to you so p7 clubs on the instagram page you just send a direct message and you're good to go so and will has decided as well to if you guys want to contact him as well you can reach him out. all the best my friends see you next month
0: thank you so much for joining us on this P7 podcast today. We hope that you feel inspired to unlock your faith, unleash truth, elevate Christ, and serve others in your home, in your church, in your community, in your school. Uh, If you want more information about Project 7 Bible Clubs, uh, visit P7Clubs.com, and we've got incredible resources ready for you right there.